0: Welcome to the Freedom from Empty podcast, building strong, effective, resilient leaders and humans. My name is Booth Andrews and I am your host. Thank you so much for joining me this week. So, I have a fun story that actually totally connects with what I was going to, what I'm planning on talking with you about today. So, my producer and I were just sitting here talking about how often I, will release these podcasts and I have the ideal in my head and I've had it for a while which is that I would like to release them weekly and yet the reality has been that just due to calendar conflicts and and life right um, that it seems more realistic to release on a bi-weekly schedule or a bi-monthly schedule and so he was kind of asking me that question and and I'm like, okay, no, I really want it to be weekly in my head. And then based on what I prepared um, to talk to you about today, I thought, hmm, I'm going to accept his recommendation because I am the queen of overestimating what I can actually physically accomplish. Even with everything that I have been through, it is still something that I struggle with. Um, what my mind says it wants to be able to do versus what I am physically capable of doing and what life allows, which is exactly what I wanted to talk about today. So I thought it was timely. What I want to talk about really is the ways that we get in our own way of taking care of ourselves and our ability to then successfully create new habits and ways of being. And one of my personal classics is putting way too many things on my schedule. So I've been notorious for this for quite some time. Um, back when I was actually running an organization, you know, looking at my calendar made everyone want to puke a little bit. And my calendar was so packed that I literally got to a place that I could not look at it a week in advance. Because if I looked at it a week in advance, I was going to freak out. So I would literally look at it one day at a time. And things like have two meetings in Knoxville, drive to Chattanooga, have three meetings in Chattanooga, drive back to Knoxville, have an evening event. I mean, that would be something that would not be unusual. You know, a 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. day, not unusual. And in the middle of all of that, no breaks, no time to even eat lunch. Um, I was horrible about not scheduling time to eat and i remember actually sitting at um, one of my favorite restaurants in chattanooga tennessee um, having a burger at 5 p.m and it was a burger that had bacon and egg on it because i told my sister since i hadn't eaten all day i was having breakfast lunch and dinner with my burger at five o'clock before i drove back to knoxville that day It actually happened again this morning. So when I tell you about what I've learned in my life and when I share with you the pieces that I feel called to share, it's not because I think I have it all figured out. It's because I am actually living and breathing this journey of learning a new way, a healthier way, a more peaceful and present and content way of being in my life. I'm still practicing that every single day. So this morning, I needed to take my kids to school, come record this podcast, go work out, go eat lunch with my son, and then go work um, for several hours. Um, I'm planning actually working late into the night tonight. And so in the middle of getting ready this morning, my daughter says, can you drop me at school instead of taking me to the bus? And I'm thinking, sure, you know, well, actually, I didn't say it that quickly. I thought about it for a minute and I'm like, well, school's on the way to where I'm going to record the podcast. So sure, I think I can make that work. Well, you know, I take my son to school then and then we sit in traffic forever at one particular red light near in our neighborhood. Um, And I see suddenly kind of the little line of dominoes that I've lined up about my day falling because what happens is if I don't get this podcast recorded in time, then I won't make it to my workout in time to then go eat lunch with my son at 1040 because of course he eats lunch at 1040 in the morning. And what I didn't process when my daughter asked was, hmm... You've already got a pretty tight lineup of things that have to get done within a certain time frame, or it's not going to work. And I actually told her that in the car. I said, "So next time we have this conversation, you know, we need to think about it a little more." And I'm notorious for, you know, people want to make a kind of make an audible in the middle of of a of a day or in, or in the morning when I haven't had enough coffee, and I go, "Oh, okay, sure, I'll figure out how to fit that in." And the reality is it doesn't fit. And so then I find myself flying around like a chicken with my head cut off, trying to make something fit that doesn't fit because I didn't take the time to say, hmm, that's not gonna work today. It might work tomorrow, it might work another day, but it's not gonna work today because today is already as full as it can be. You know, and that's one of the ways that I have gotten in the way of taking care of myself in terms of not allowing time to eat not allowing time to breathe, not allowing time for life or traffic to happen. Um, and then, and, and so then you spend your day trying to essentially achieve something that is technically not possible in terms of, of the hours in the day that you have and the number of things you've crammed into your day. Um, and now I have found myself when I know I have a day coming up like that, I start to get overwhelmed in advance. And I start to be afraid that I'm going to get sick. Um, and then, of course, that all of that kind of fear is also can be unhelpful. At the same time, that fear can be really instructive because it's like, hmm, if I'm already nervous that I am physically unable to do the things that I've put on my list, maybe that means I should take something off the list. Still learning that one, not really good at it. But definitely developing an awareness that, hmm, if you're you're dreading your week so much that you're afraid you're not going to get through it without coming down with something, maybe you should adjust your expectations. So one of the ways that we get in our own way, putting too many things on our schedule, pushing ourselves through that, and then wondering why we feel sick or exhausted or overwhelmed or anxious about what's happening in our lives Another way that I see my clients struggle is, you know, we get to a place of awareness of, hmm, this isn't working for me. I need to change it. And then we expect to just flip a switch and have it changed, right? So it's like, now we have the awareness. Now we understand there's a problem. And we expect ourselves to just be able to turn over a new leaf the very next day and never backslide. And I want to tell you that that's unrealistic and it's not only unrealistic, but it can create kind of a cycle of self-fulfilling fears and prophecies. So we we expect ourselves to just flip a switch, change an a, probably a habit that has been ingrained in our lives for many, many, many years And in, in a lot of cases. We expect to wake up tomorrow and feel differently and think differently and behave differently and to feel good about it. Guess what? It doesn't work that way. Even when we have the awareness that something in our lives needs to change, there is a lot more energy that goes into creating and perpetuating that change in our lives than we, I think, want to believe. And yet, when we don't successfully flip the switch and suddenly do it perfectly, quote unquote, perfectly, on the other side, every single time, then we start to beat ourselves up about it. And then we start to say, oh, well, I always fail at this, and I'm going to fail again. And then our belief system continues to perpetuate this sense of, I can't really do this. I've tried this before. I wasn't successful. I'm just irretrievably broken. I'm more broken than everybody else. And we think that we can't actually make that change. And at the core, I think it's more the unrealistic expectation that we have for ourselves around that change that creates that self-perpetuating, self-fulfilling prophecy of failing repeatedly to make the change. Um, And so, why don't these strategies work? I've given some examples already. We don't leave time for life to occur. And that's everything from traffic to Conversations that, that need more time and energy than we expected that they would need, to routines that suddenly or somehow um, maybe get out of kilter. You know, the bedtime routine at my house is always often a source of frustration and anxiety for me because I have a, a specific want about how it's going to play out. And some nights it plays out that way, and some nights it doesn't. And the question for me is, has i have I left time in in my life and in what I need for understanding that sometimes the bedtime routine doesn't work the way that we need it to or the way that we want it to? And sometimes it takes longer. Lots of things in our lives take longer than we imagine that they are going to as we think about them in advance. And, so when we don't leave time for life to occur, guess what? Life happens anyway. But we find ourselves frustrated and overwhelmed, and you know, yelling in traffic because life happened and we didn't leave room. Here's another place that that where the strategies don't work when we set gigantic goals. So I'm I'm the queen of go big or go home. I'm the queen of people used to ask me when do you want that, and I'd say, well, I really wanted it yesterday, but tomorrow will do. Um, I'm the queen of. I may have gone through a period where I've been really, really tired and then I get some rest and then I'm sitting there looking at my schedule and I'm thinking, you know, you really haven't been exercising the way you need to. So I don't put exercise on my calendar like one or two or three days a week. I put it for seven. I'm going to do yoga and I'm going to cycle and I'm going to swim and I'm going to lift weights and I'm going to feel amazing. Right. Because Day one, I'll probably make it to the workout. And day two or three, I might still work make it to the workout. And then day four, five, and six, I'm starting to get really, really tired. Because I probably haven't backed off of all the other things that were on my calendar whenever I decided to add seven days a week of working out. And again, I am totally guilty of setting myself up for failure And I know I'm not the only one who says, oh, again, I have this awareness that I need to do this thing, so I'm going to meditate every single day. And it's not I'm going to sit still and quiet for two minutes a day until I develop this new habit. It's I'm going to sit still and quiet for 30 minutes a day, and I'm going to work out for an hour a day, because why would I work out if I can't work out for at least an hour? And I'm going to put all of these things in my calendar and then I'm going to get frustrated and feel like a failure and beat myself up when it's day three or day four and life happened. I'm really tired and I didn't actually leave enough room in my life to make these changes and I have fallen off the wagon already, right? The classic New Year's resolution lasts for a few weeks and then we fall off the wagon. Maybe it's because the goals that we set are for ourselves, instead of setting those incremental goals like I'm going to sit still and quiet for two minutes a day or I'm going to start walking five minutes a day or 10 minutes a day for three days in the next week. Those types of goals are much more achievable and sustainable than I'm going to meditate seven days a week and I'm going to do yoga five days a week and I'm going to swim and I'm going to cycle and I'm going to weight lift or whatever it is that that you know somewhere in the back of your mind you should be doing for yourself and you're not actually doing. The other thing that I've seen is that when we don't have very specific goals, like when it's, you know, I'm just going to exercise more or I'm going to eat more nutritiously or I'm going to drink more water or I'm going to get more business. The more specific the goals are, the more successful we will be. The more ambiguous the goal and the bigger elephant it is, so to speak, if you've ever heard, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? If the, you know, the elephant is, I'm going to get five new clients by, in two weeks. And that may or may not happen, but I can tell you that if I haven't actually set down the activities it's going to take to get those five new clients, it's less likely to happen. The bigger our goal is, the more ambiguous it is, the less um, the less time-bound it is, the, less li- the more likely it is that that goal is going to end up on the back burner because we kind of pick it up and we go, hmm, I have that goal or I have that project, but I'm not really sure how I'm going to do it and I don't really have time right now to figure out how I'm going to do it or I'm feeling overwhelmed by it because it's not specific and I don't really have my brain wrapped around how I'm going to get it done. And we, so we look at it for a minute and then we set it back down. And then, you know, the next time we have, you know, we're sitting in our office or we're sitting wherever we work and we look at the things that we could do on our plate and we go, hmm, yeah, I'm going to do that thing that's going to get me that dopamine hit right now because I can get that done in the next two minutes. And I have this other thing over here that feels very big and very overwhelming and very ambiguous and I'm going to leave it on the back burner. And so, one of the things that we can do to support ourselves achieving any goal is to break it down in pieces. And I don't mean break it down in a hundred pieces. I mean, break it down in the next three. What are the next three things that you can do to achieve the goal? I'm not even saying don't have an in a larger end goal in mind, but what are the next three steps you need to take to make that goal a reality? Um, Because the other thing is, if we break down that goal into a hundred pieces and we write down a list of a hundred things that need to happen to bite, to to eat the elephant, we're overwhelmed by the hundred things and we don't know where to begin. And so as I coach both personal and business clients, you know, yes, you have big goals and I'm a, I love big goals, but what are the next three things you need to do to accomplish that goal? Um, This does not come to me naturally when i used to uh, drive change at um, the last organization i led i really was one of those people that wanted to pull every single lever all at once like if there, you know if i saw any increment of the so and so-called machine you know the the all of the moving pieces and parts that helped us get where we wanted to go i wanted to pull all of them and i wanted to pull them all right now And I didn't even give them time. Like I didn't pull a lever and go, hmm, okay, what difference did that make? Did it make an incremental difference? Did it not make a difference at all? Have we actually had time to internalize that change? Or are we just, um, you know, I didn't ask any of those questions. It was just pull all the levers, pull them all now. Um, No stone left unturned. No opportunity missed. Um, And I can only imagine how exhausting that must have been for the people that worked with me. Challenging and exciting, maybe, but also incredibly, incredibly exhausting. And as I've continued to work in my own life and with people over the last few years, I really have learned the power of writing down just those next three things, what are the next three things that need to happen to help me get toward this particular goal and tackling those three things. And I do it as simply as write it on a post-it note. And if it doesn't fit on a post-it note, maybe it's too many things. Um, I found myself at the office last night with three hours and feeling overwhelmed. And so I jotted down, you know, what are the next few things that need to happen? And then I was able to tackle those one at a time. and feel that sense of accomplishment and making progress as opposed to just sitting in my office feeling overwhelmed. We need to remember that change takes energy. It takes a whole lot more energy than we think it does or that we want to believe that it does. It takes time and it takes practice. And so anytime you're going to make a change, anytime we create a new behavior or pattern in our life, the first few times we do it, or maybe the first 20 times we do it, it takes more energy. And that's not a bad thing. It's just that when we are working to implement something new, we, again, I know that I classically fail to take into account, okay, I'm learning this thing, and it's going to take me longer. I remember at the beginning of this year when I was really, really focused on making sure that I was getting enough calories, and I started actually tracking macros for a while. And and number one, realized to the extent to which I had, was under eating. And number two, how much time and energy it takes to plan to eat. And I was blown away. I was like, it takes a lot of time to plan to eat. No wonder I gave it up. No, um, <laughs> not, I do not recommend it. Um, lots of reasons why I do not recommend giving up eating as a, as a strategy for dealing with your life. But I was blown away because I didn't have habits in my life around planning to eat, around, you know, packing food when I left or thinking about what I was, you know, what meals I was going to have the next day or the day after that. And so creating those new habits, thinking about, okay, meal planning and grocery shopping and recipes and actually preparing the food and taking it with me when I leave. Well, now that's gotten a whole lot easier. But when I first had to relearn that habit, It took a ton of time. And so when we think about, again, setting a goal, moving a new direction, learning something new, imbuing something into our lives, make space for the fact that it's going to take longer. It's not going to take longer forever, but it will take longer those first few weeks or that first month. And so it's not as simple as saying, I'm going to pack my lunch and that having zero time impact or energy impact in your life, it does have an impact. So if you prepare for that impact up front and think, okay, I need to pack my lunch. So I need to make sure that I have another 30 minutes, particularly until I've gotten into the habit of planning and packing lunch. I need to make sure I have, have set aside the time and the energy to actually make that habit happen. When we fail, we have a tendency to be really, really hard on ourselves. And that's um, one of the things that I wanted to speak to also. When we make a mistake, quote unquote mistake, when we set a goal for ourselves and we don't reach that goal, whether that is I'm going to meditate or I'm going to exercise or I'm going to drink more water or I'm going to get this business goal, you know I'm going to make steps toward this business goal. It does not serve us well to spend our energy beating ourselves up when we fall short. We only have a limited amount of energy on this planet. Better to spend that energy being kind to yourself, self-compassionate when you make a mistake, saying, you know what? Okay, I fell short of my goal. This moment is a new moment. This day is a new day. And I'm going to move my energy forward into the space that I want it to be as opposed to spend my energy churning and beating myself up and feeling horrible about the fact that I fell short of my own expectations so I encourage you when you make a mistake or when you fall short of a goal that you've set yours for yourself or an incremental change that you're trying to make in your lives when you fall short be kind To yourself, be gentle with yourself. And then take the next step forward, not backward, forward. Um, So, just a few tips that I want to leave with you today. If you don't know where to start, if you feel like, yes, I need to make changes in my life, I cannot even begin to fathom or, or, or imagine how I'm going to make that happen, start with the basics. Sleep, hydration, and food. Focus on one of one of those things at a time. Pick one of those things that you're going to work on. Why those three things? Because all investing in sleep, hydration, and nutrition invests in your general energy base, which ultimately over time allows you to have the energy you need to make other Incremental changes in your life. And if you're not sleeping and you're not drinking enough water and you're not fueling your body, you are going to be consistently frustrated with your ability to do the things that you think you should be able to do. Because if you are not supporting yourself physically, you are not going to be able to accomplish all the things that you want. Make small incremental changes no more than three at a time, and give them time to stick and show impact. No, give, give yourself the time to acknowledge your successes. Give yourself the space, literally, to receive the dopamine hit. I set this goal, or I said I was going to do this thing, and I did the thing. Some of us don't even slow down enough to acknowledge that we did the thing. And that's really, really, really important. Even in you know, organizational change management is to celebrate successes. Why? Because when we take the time to celebrate our success, again, it adds a little bit more to our energy pool to tackle the next thing. Be kind to yourself when you fail. It's not a character flaw. We overestimate our ability to force things by will and discipline. There's actually great studies out there that talk about that. You're a human being. Guess what? You're a human being, which means you are not going to be able to mentally and by will alone overcome every obstacle or change everything in your life that needs to be changed. Be kind to yourself when you fall short. Avoid the all or nothing mentality. I'm still learning this one. Um, Again, small incremental changes over time add up to incredible impact, much greater than run out, do the thing full bore for you know a couple of days or a week or three weeks, and then completely fall apart and not only stop your forward progress, but also create this belief system that you are not going to be successful. And make sure that you leave space to process your emotions around change. Change can be exciting, change can be good, change can be incredibly positive, and there is often a grief cycle around change. When we make change in our lives, we often are acknowledging that something in our life isn't working for us anymore. And with that acknowledgement comes grief about what we thought would be, who we thought we would be, who we thought other people would be, how we thought things were going to work, um, lots of opportunities for grief when we are actually engaging in change. So I just want to kind of give you a heads up that grief during change is actually normal. Often in order to move forward, we have to grieve what whatever it is we've realized doesn't serve us anymore and we're trying to let go of whether that is a belief system about ourselves um, or a belief system about other people or our belief system or our understanding of how we are showing up in the world compared to how we want to show up. And so the grieving process takes time. And again, it takes energy. So as you are looking to set goals or to make changes in your life and to move forward in your life, Think about making incremental changes. Think about giving yourself time and space to breathe through the positive emotions that happen with change and the negative emotions that happen with change. Be kind to yourself when you fall short. Do the next thing, the next few things that are going to get you where you want to go And give those incremental changes time to show up in your life, to show their impact, to demonstrate, and to help you build your confidence in your own ability to make change. And then you can add another layer or another goal or another um, practice or habit that you want to build in. But start small, be kind, and give yourself the space and energy that it's going to take. To support the change you're trying to accomplish. For more information about the work that I do with individuals, groups, and organizations, go to boothandrews.com. You can also find me on Facebook at Booth Andrews and on Instagram and Twitter at Knox Light. That's Knoxlight. That's K N O X L I G H T. Thank you for listening today. If you haven't already, please hit subscribe and remember to rate this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I look forward to being back with you next time.